Thank you for joining us today at LifePoint Church. We believe Sundays are an opportunity to know God. For more information, including locations, service times, and small groups, please visit our website at lifepointchurch.tv. Let's jump into the message. Good morning, LifePoint Church. Y'all excited to be in the house of God today? Come on, hey. Buenos dias. My name is Elmer Cañas. I get to serve as one of your staff pastors here, and it's my privilege this morning to bring the word of the Lord. Amen. Uh, it's exciting to see just so many people gathered to lift up the name of Jesus. Amen. It's such a great privilege, and, uh, and so, yeah, thank you. Thank you for being here. Those of you that are first-time guests, those of you online, I just want to personally say thank you for being here because we know that God has a plan and a purpose for your life. Amen. Amen. And if this is your home church, can you go ahead and make some noise? Come on, get excited. Yes. Hey, let's go. I want to take this moment before we jump into today's message just to say thank you for, for leaning in this year and moving the mission and vision of our church forward. It's, it's our desire that in all that we do from the platform to the parking lot, from small groups to our messages, that we lead people to become fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. Amen. And as part of our generosity every week, we bring our tithes to the Lord, and many of you give above and beyond. You give your offerings, and we've committed to our forward campaign, amen? And I want to say thank you on behalf of our pastors, Mike and Stephanie, and our team. Thank you, because not only are we able to gather here at Rossview, at Austin P, as Pastor Mike mentioned, not only are we able to gather online, and did, did you guys hear we're building a building off of Tiny Town? You guys hear about that? And so that we're really close to breaking ground on that, and we have, we have more information coming up in the new, new year for you guys. You know, but we're able to gather weekly, but we're also making a difference in our community and abroad and through the grace of God and through your generosity. And that's what makes the church so special, that we're making a difference not just by being here, but we're making a difference in the lives of our neighbors, the people next door to us, amen? We're still recovering and working with ongoing relief efforts to help families recover from the tornado that hit us here in Clarksville, Tennessee. And, you know, and it's incredible to see so many people moving and serving and loving other people. Jesus didn't just command us to gather just to come on Sundays to raise your hands and to, to hear a message and then to check a box and then to go about your weekly routine. No, he calls us to make disciples of all men, women, and children and as we continue with our various outreach and, and missions uh, endeavors, we're able to see people become fully devoted followers of Jesus here in Clarksville and around the world. Amen. Amen. So thank you guys for your generosity. Would you join me as I pray and we, we kick off this service? Father, I thank you for this time together. Thank you for your presence. Thank you that we get to gather together as your people, your children, to surrender our lives, every part of it the good, the bad, the ugly. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you continue to lead this moment. May you speak to our hearts and do a work in our souls, I pray, in the mighty name of Jesus. And the church said, amen. amen. Man, I'm, I'm not gonna lie, I'm a little nervous. Not that I'm speaking, but it's like dad's in the room, like Pastor Mike's here, he's usually not here. <laughs> he's usually not here when I get to preach, so it's like, what's up, everybody? But I gotta behave. So I put on my nice coat and my nice shoes. And I just want to preface today's message by saying that I attempted to write a message on a topic that sounded real catchy and trendy, right? Like a new year, a new you, and, you know, like we're all going to lose weight and stuff because of the fast. and Not because of the fast. You know, but, you know, it was something in my mind. I'm like, let's, let's just see. When I, when I found out, hey, could you preach on, on the 31st? I'm like, all right. And as much as I tried, the Holy Spirit kept taking me back 
to this uh, devotional that I shared with our staff in, in the month of November. And I try to shake it off, but it's like, no, like you really need to share this word. And I really believe that this is a word for our church today. It's a relevant word. And uh, forgive me if it comes across heavy, but the truth is that when the Lord speaks, it's heavy. And the word of God carries weight. It should carry weight in each of our lives. And, and it should make us reevaluate and challenge us, our current way of living, our way of thinking, our personal choices. It should lead us to repentance, to where we turn from sin, from our wrong choices, and lead us to redemption that can only be found in Jesus Christ. Amen. And if you're taking notes today, which we always encourage you to, the title of today's message is Willing and Available. Willing and Available. This past January, I, it's almost been a year since God challenged me with the idea of dwelling in his presence. He challenged me to find value in his presence, to find fulfillment in his presence, to find everything that I needed in his presence. My theme for 2023 was, or is still today, his presence is my reward. And I even wrote a song to just keep it in front of me all year. Now just sing it, your presence is my reward. How sweet it is. And I just, that, that was my, my theme song for the year, right? And uh, y'all should try that, just write a theme song. And uh, it's, it's been a heck of a year though. It's almost like God drew me into his presence so that he could draw out of me what he needed from me. He exposed both new potential, new areas of growth, along with areas in my life that I have left untouched and buried in the fields of my past. Everything from hurt, neglect, to inadequacies. And in the last few months, it's almost like God's been performing heart surgery in my life. I've experienced some of the most difficult moments in my short life of 41 years. I came to a place recently where I, I questioned just about everything, everything that I have accomplished, what I've been a part of, what I'm capable of, my future and my past. My life has been under a microscope of my own handling and the common denominator in all of my questioning to God has been me, myself, and I. How, how do I feel about this? What am I going to do? Am, am I able to do this? How willing am I? God, do you really want me to do this? What if others don't like me, but others are more qualified than me? And then the one that probably I use the most all year is, why me? Why me? I asked myself over and over. I cried. I fought with God. I've attempted to hide my emotions. I've seen a counselor. I've talked to my friends. My incredible wife has stood by my side on this journey as I confronted some of these issues face to face, only to be left with more questions. And I never found the peace of God in my questioning. The more I desired to know about the process and the why, the farther I felt from God because as I was usurping control, I was pushing him further away, and the whole of my anguish grew deeper and darker. And I remember going through this rant in my mind, thinking, Lord, like, man, like, I've been in ministry since I was a kid. Like, I used to sing at kids' conventions. That used to be a thing back in the days. You know, I used to sing at kids' conventions. I used to play piano for evangelists, and I used to travel as a teenager. I gave up my teen, teen years to, to be in ministry, and, man, I, I gave up my, my love for sports. How many love sports? You know, I, I gave so much up. God, I, I, I served on platforms, behind the scenes. I created bulletins. Y'all remember church bulletins? I, I made copies. I, I used to run pro presenter when it was a thing. You know, a PowerPoints. I'm sorry, not pro presenter. Video, 
editing, graphic design, I've worked with marketing, communication, done auxiliary ministries, outreach missions, missions trips. I've written songs in Spanish and in English. I've cleaned bathrooms, polished concrete floors, helped church plants. I've done so much. I've been hired. I've been fired. I've been embraced by many and disliked by some. I've experienced God's favor. And I've walked in rejection. And I told God, I have sacrificed so much, given up so much, Lord. I even moved my family to the other side of the world. I moved them to Australia because you said go. I had to eat Vegemite and learn how to exist with spiders the size of my hand. <laughs> Why do I find myself in this place? And you know what God whispered to me? I never asked you to do any of that. I just asked you to be willing and available. I remember just right now, just it's, it's not so, it was like, what, eight, nine weeks ago. I never asked you to do any of that. I just asked you to be willing and available. My resume doesn't impress God. Your resume doesn't impress God. First of all, we couldn't have accomplished what we have right now without him. He's given us life. He's given us the ability, the resources, the relationships. He is the creator of the universe, right? He spoke and it was. He spoke and it became the heavens, the earth, the mountains, the seas, the snow that covers the highest mountaintops to the sand that settled at the deepest, the bottom of the deepest oceans, the stars and the planets. All creation was subject to the spoken word of God. And thinking that my resume my, 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 you know, my abilities, my God-given abilities will move God, maybe even persuade God just a little bit. Maybe he'll like me more. Maybe he'll love me more. But that's not how it works. At, even though at times it seems easier to want to do something in exchange for God's mercy and his goodness, that's not how it works. God already loves us so much that he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins, to restore and redeem our relationship with him. Nothing that we can do would grant us any type of special access to God the Father outside of what Jesus already did. Jesus paid it all. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Even in this very moment, I'm not here to share my truth, but I'm here to share the truth that is Jesus Christ, come on, I, I desire to lead everyone. Our desire as a church is to lead you guys to become fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ, not by sharing what we know, but rather who we know, and his name is Jesus. Somebody say Jesus. His grace is sufficient. Not mine, not yours. His grace is sufficient. And if you're, right, if you're taking notes, point number one, God's grace at work. I want us to see a unique perspective on how the grace of God is always at work. And if you'll go with me in your Bible to the book of Exodus chapter 17, we see Moses here. And Moses has led the Israelites out of Egyptian captivity. They've already crossed the Red Sea. God has been providing manna for them daily in the desert. They're traveling from place to place now. And now they find themselves without water. And they begin to grumble and complain and to argue with, with Moses because they don't have water. They're fangry. <laughs> That's uh, thirsty and angry. It's like hangry, but <laughs> it's in the Urban Dictionary. I saw it in Google. They're fangry. And because they're fangry, they're upset with Moses. And they're so upset that they, they're actually about to stone him. So Moses, like, fearing for his life, he turns to God. He's like, Lord, help me out here, please. Can I a little bit of help? 
And then in verse 5, we, we, we see the Lord's response to Moses. He says, the Lord said to Moses, walk out in front of the people. Take your staff, the one you used to struck the, the water of the Nile, and call some of the elders of Israel to join you. Verse 6, I will stand before you on the rock at Mount Sinai. Strike the rock, and water will come gushing out. Then the people will be able to drink. So Moses struck the rock as he was told, and water gushed out as elders looked on. So this is a great miracle, right? Like, they ain't angry anymore. Like, they got all the, the water that they need. But then in Numbers 20, Moses finds himself in a similar situation. But this time, God tells Moses something different. So in Numbers 20, verse 8, he tells Moses and Aaron, he says, You and Aaron must take the staff and assemble the entire community. And listen to this, as the people watch, that's important, as the people watch, speak to the rock over there and it will pour out its water and you will provide enough water from the rock to satisfy the whole community and their livestock. So again, similar situation, but a different set of instructions. But instead of striking the rock once, Moses was instructed to gather the people and to speak to the rock. Can you guys say that? Speak to the rock. Sounds like a great song. In Numbers verse, uh, chapter 20, verse 11, we actually see what he did. Moses raised his hand and struck the rock twice with the staff and water gushed out. So the entire community and their livestock drank their fill. So he doesn't listen to God. And instead of speaking to the rock as he was instructed, we read in verse 11, he struck the rock not once, but how many times? Twice. And what happened? Water still came out. Water came gushing out. See, God in his grace allowed the miracle to occur, and he did not forsake the need of his people in spite of the direct disobedience of their leader. But what else happened? Verse 12, but the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, because you did not trust me enough to demonstrate my holiness, to the people of Israel, you will not lead them into the land I am giving them. So the people got their water. Moses got left out. Moses misses out on entering the promised land all because he took matters into his own hands. He had done what God had previously commanded him to do. He was told in Exodus, strike the rock, rock once. But this time, he didn't do that. It was different. It wasn't what he was instructed to do. I think Moses was like thinking like, like, hey man, it worked then, God, like, I'm just tired of them, I'm really upset, can I, just, can I just do it my way, this worked before, I'm just gonna do it. I think a lot of us think that at times, like, it worked then, so surely it will work now. But in this instance, God was giving Moses a new set of instructions. And check this out, it had nothing to do with if Moses trusted God to perform a miracle. Moses knew that God could provide water for the people of Israel, but it had everything to do with the heart of Moses. God was testing Moses. Speak to the rock. You see the staff, this isn't the staff of Moses, but it's, it's a prop. <laughs> it's Pastor Mike's, can you tell? He's like, <laughs> what's up, everybody? You know? <laughs> oh, man. I gotta behave, I gotta behave. The staff of Moses, it became his security blanket. If people didn't believe that God was with him, God would demonstrate his power through the staff. It turned into a snake, and hopefully it don't turn into a snake right now, but turned it into a snake. He used it in the Nile. 
He used it to strike the rock so water would come out. But it also sustained him in the desert. It carried his own weight. Moses walked and walked for miles and miles. And he became familiar with the staff and with what it was capable of while in his hands. For me, growing up in church, as a worship leader, I've been leading worship since I was 14 years old in youth and haven't stopped since. You know, people used to talk me up before church, and sometimes they still do, and and people will say, like, hey, son, lead us into the throne room of heaven. Make sure worship is great today, all right? Make sure, please, make sure worship is awesome. Sing my song. Bring the glory of God down and, and all these different things. And as a young Christian, as a young adult, I, I believed it. I felt responsible for the outcome of the worship encounters people were having in church services and at events. Metaphorically speaking, I felt the pressure of making water come out of the rock for thirsty people, and I had to get it right for the sake of others. You know, I, I had seen God move in moments when I had the microphone in my hands, so surely it was all me. But I would soon learn that the grace of God is more sufficient for his people, despite an imperfect leader like myself. God would, not, God would move and change the hearts of men and women regardless of my fault. In seasons where I knew that I wasn't living righteous before the Lord, I was struggling with sin, struggling to fully surrender to the Lord, God still chose to move through me. Was it because I was special? No. But because if God can use a donkey in Numbers 22, he can use me. If you haven't read that story, you should read it. Numbers 22, God gives a donkey the ability to speak, and it actually saves his master's life. I'm telling you, the Bible is really interesting. Read your Bible. God will convey his message regardless of the condition of the vessel. God's plan will always come to pass despite the imperfections of his vessel, but listen to me carefully. This does not give us the right to live recklessly, disregarding God's holiness and the call upon our lives as, as followers of Jesus to live lives that are pure and full of integrity. We are to pursue lives that are pleasing to him, but yet we see throughout scripture how men and women fall short, but God still is merciful to provide, to rescue, to restore, to forgive, and to take the imperfections of his chosen and to bring glory to himself. In Isaiah 48, we read, God will not share his glory with anyone. Amen? So I would, I would ask the question, why me? And God responded, I never asked you to do any of that. I just asked you to be willing and available. See, God hasn't called us to be experts. He just calls us to be willing and available. And because of our, our, our purpose-driven human nature, sometimes when we receive a word from the Lord or, or we have a certain ability, we, we latch onto it as, if it as if it was intended for our every day, every moment. We even wrap up our identity around it and it becomes who we are. And, 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 you know, because we saw the hand of God move once, the grace of God was upon it once, and we believe we can go around just striking rocks with the expectation that water will always flow to the point that we get so good at it. We get so good at our approach. We even get the right language and we even have a special routine before we get ready to strike rocks and we're like, Lord, use me right now in the name of Jesus, amen. And, and we think it's because of us. But I never asked you to do any of that. 
Then when things change and shift, we strike the rock even harder and we even try a different staff if things aren't working. We even, we even speak Spanish. Comenzamos a hablar en español cuando cosas no están trabajando and you have no idea what I'm saying, so I'm going to change. And, and, but the results aren't determined by your own ability. Listen to me. The results aren't determined by your ability, your charisma, how educated you are, if you're tall or short, if you're black or white, or even by the staff that you hold in your hands. Regardless of what it looks like, the results are determined by God and God alone because he doesn't share his glory with anyone. God doesn't require that we know all the details. He just wants us to be willing and available. And I know I started off saying that I had a, it's been a heck of a year, and you're probably wondering, well, is he okay? He's hitting stuff. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm actually a lot better. <laughs> And the crazy thing is how God began the healing in my heart and in my soul. And I had this moment where I asked the Lord, God, help me find peace without the answers. Peace without answers. I can spend my whole life seeking to know the details that are beyond myself, or I can choose to trust God. I can choose to rest in him. As we get ready to step into a new year, many of us are still waiting for closure on pain that we've experienced this year or in years past. We're looking for answers, looking for justice, in search of peace in, in details or information that we have yet to attain. But if I can challenge you, if I can encourage you, you that carry pain and hurt on the inside, you that as you hear my voice, there's anguish inside that nobody else is aware of. Don't step into the new year carrying weight that was never intended for you to carry or even for you to understand. You don't need to have all the answers to find healing. Healing doesn't come from acquiring knowledge or information, but rather from letting go, letting go, letting go, and finding rest in the fact that the Lord is your shepherd, the Lord is your strength, that he is your peace, that his grace is more than sufficient. In the book of Job, we find a man who followed God wholeheartedly, he was called upright and blameless, yet overnight he loses everything, literally everything, his family, possessions, wealth, status. He loses it all except for his faith in God. And Job quotes this line that has forever changed my life in Job 19.25, and he says, for I know that my Redeemer lives. Can we say that out loud? Can we read that out loud? Say, for I know that my Redeemer lives. See, I search for peace in things that cannot change my circumstances. And many of us have sought out peace in substances and drugs, alcohol, pornography, and relationships, sex, yet nothing changed on the inside. I hope to find answers that would settle my mind and heart. I even committed, check this out, I even committed to feeling pain, expecting that my own suffering would eventually satisfy the void that I was feeling, but nothing was changing. And one day I was reading my devotional and it led me to the book of Job. It's Job, not Job. And I, I remember I grabbed my phone and then the Holy Spirit leads me to message a group of guys and, and I wrote this and it's on the screen. And I said, I said, hey fam, buenos dias. So FYI, things in my life have been crazy difficult haven't been, I haven't been in a season like this ever, fighting for joy, fighting for confidence, fighting for identity. 
It's been nuts. Please say a prayer for your brother. But this morning in my Devo, God took me to the life of Job. And in the midst of all the devastation that, that, stood, that he stood firm because of what he knew about God. I know my Redeemer lives. And, and bam, honestly, th- that was it. Like, I didn't even know what I was going to text these guys. Because, but, but that line right there, because of what he knew about God. Because of what he knew about God. He was able to stand firm because of what he knew about God. So for the next few moments, I want us to do something. I want us to focus on what we know to be true about God based on Scripture, right? And I guarantee for many of us, this, a lot of this will ring true. And if these Scriptures resonate with you, please feel free to shout, say amen, get up and dance, whatever. I just know that when I went over this list on my own, it realigned something in my soul, something in my spirit. And I pray it does the same for you. So, so number one, God never leaves me. Deuteronomy 31.8, do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord will personally go ahead of you. And check this out. He will be with you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. Come on. God is good. Somebody say, God is good. good. Psalms 34.8, taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. Next, God will make all things. God is always at work. Come on, someone say, he's always at work. He's always at work. Romans 8, 28, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purposes for, a purpose for them, amen? And then let's go to the next one. God is a comforter. Come on, say, God is a comforter. 2 Corinthians 1, 3, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all, say all, all all comfort. The next one, God loves me. 1 John 4, 9 through 10, God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. Praise Jesus. And then verse 10, this is real love. Remember that. This is real love. Not that we loved God but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice for what? To take away our sins. The next one says, God is a promise keeper. Psalms 145.13, the Lord always keeps his promises. He's gracious in all he does. Someone say always. He always keeps his promises. And then the last one says, God is faithful. Lamentations 3, verses 22 to 23, the faithful love of the Lord never ends. It never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. Great is his faithfulness. We have a God that loves us, that stands by us, that that comforts us, that is faithful to us. And we can stand firm and have peace without answers because of who he is. Can I get an amen? Amen. God's grace is at work, and I don't need to have all the answers to experience his peace. And in closing, this message wouldn't be complete if I didn't address what God is trying to make clear to us today. And that is that we are called. We are called. Despite all the glorious moments in life, those filled with pain, 
God has a way of taking the good, the bad, and the ugly of who we were and even who we are today and creating a beautiful tapestry that points others to him. Again, remember, it's all for his glory. And though at times we may disqualify ourselves, God says, hey, hold up, hold up, hold up. That ain't your job. God, God, doesn't, God does not call the qualified. He qualifies those that he calls. Right? And we hear that a lot. God does not call the qualified. He, he qualifies those he calls. He calls you and I to be servants. He calls you and I to be the salt and light of the world. He calls you and I to make disciples of all men, women, and children. He calls you and I to step out of darkness into his marvelous light. He calls you and I to, to return to him, to repent from our sins. He calls you and I into a, a holy lifestyle. He calls you and I to a life of freedom in him. He calls us to himself. All of these things have to do with who he is. He calls us to himself. He doesn't call us to be experts, but rather to be servants that respond to his call. I think of Noah. It's crazy because you know, you're watching movies during Christmas and like the, yeah, I've seen Evan Almighty. You guys seen Evan Almighty? It's like a Christmas movie now. But I, I was thinking of Noah and when God instructed him to build the ark. Noah was a farmer. He wasn't an architect. He wasn't a carpenter. Yet in his obedience to the Lord, he grew in knowledge, he grew in skill, he grew in wisdom, and guess what? Noah was able to complete the ark. When we respond to the Lord, everything we need for the task before us will be supplied by God himself. Amen? So back to how crazy the last few months have been. In the middle of all my pain and all the chaos, I stopped questioning God. And God asked me to lean into the pain of those around me, into the pain of the people that I get to do life with, with the people that I get to serve. And as all of this was coming together in my mind, I suddenly get a message from a dream teamer letting me know that he won't be able to make it on Sunday morning to serve because his wife just had a miscarriage. Then that same week, I received a message from another friend letting me know that he had gotten the results from, of his biopsy and that he was diagnosed with MDS, a, a form of blood cancer. And it was in its early stages. And then that same week, I, I step into a meeting and I find out that another individual that we love so much had been diagnosed with cancer. And, and then that same week, I get a phone call from a friend saying, hey, bro, I, I need you to pray for my marriage because we're on the brink of divorce. And, and then things just continue to happen and happen and tragedy and loss and pain and sorrow, and then December 9th happens when our city's devastated by the tornado that took three, life, three lives and displaced so many in our community. And I didn't understand it, but as I poured myself out to meet the needs of my brothers and sisters, of those people that were in pain, God was healing me and restoring in me the joy, the peace that I was so longing for. I knew it was there, but I couldn't find it. But when I stopped looking for it, it found me. God wants to use us just the way God used Moses, issues and all. Even though he didn't feel qualified or able, God was more than able through him. And I don't have to worry about having it all figured out because that's not up to me. The only thing God requires of me is that I'm willing 
and available. And if God can use Moses, listen, if God can use Moses, if God can use a donkey, if God can use me, there's no doubt that God can use everyone in this room, everyone that hears the sound of my voice. I pray that in this new year, you walk in healing, that in this new year, you're able to walk in freedom, that you're able to walk in deliverance, that you're able to pour yourself out for the sake of others. And as we go into our 21 days fasting and praying, and would you be willing to, to fast and pray for those in need around you? Would you be willing to, to be pushed out of your comfort zone? Would you be willing to, to go hungry for a few days and pray like you've never prayed before? Would you be willing to be uncomfortable and challenged for the sake of those that are in pain around you, for the sake of those that need a breakthrough? Maybe you need a breakthrough and you're crying out, God, I need a breakthrough. But what if you are somebody else's answered prayer? We're still helping so many families rebuild after the tornado. Would you be willing to volunteer certain hours to help rebuild their lives? Families that have lost it all. Would you be willing to rock babies to sleep on Sunday mornings so that their parents would come into this room to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ? Would you be willing to serve on Wednesday nights with teenagers that seem to have it all but have no one that is willing to invest into their spiritual formation? Would you be willing to respond to the call of God? As we step into 2024, don't repeat the same cycles. Don't fall into the same traps. God, God's grace is at work. And even though I don't understand it, even if we don't understand all the details, we can still have peace without the answers because we know who God is. Someone say amen. And so as he calls me to step forward, I don't have to know everything. I just have, I just have to know that I can trust him. A pastor friend and mentor of mine once told me, I asked God to open the sea make a way and he told me to trust him and start walking we can spend eternity asking God to make a way but here's your answer from the Lord trust him and start walking trust him and start walking somebody say trust him and start walking Moses had a staff to remind him of God's power but you and I we have the Holy Spirit to walk in the power of God. And the things that Moses was able to do with his staff was incredible, right? It was awesome. But in John 14, 12, Jesus tells us, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me, this is Jesus talking, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. I pray and have been praying for all of us that we can be the answer to the prayers of those in our church, the answer to the prayers of those in our community, our neighbors, our coworkers, fellow students, our family members, that when called upon, we would be willing and available, that we would be willing and available to respond to God like, like a young Samuel and say, here I am, Lord. When called upon like a young David to go deliver lunch to his brothers, that we would say yes, and if there happens to be a giant along the way, we'll just take him down. Might as well, right? David was minding his own business, and there he goes, slaying giants. Because if the Lord sends us to his people, he will provide everything that they need. 
If the Lord sends us to fight for those that can't defend themselves, he will provide the victory. Lord, say the word and we will go. But if you don't go before us, we don't want anything to do with it. Can we bow our heads and close our eyes? Today, I challenge you, if you can hear my voice, to to take a step forward and respond to the call of God. God is working. God is at work in your life, in your family. His grace is more than sufficient. He wants to be your peace, even without all the details. And today, he's calling you forward. He's calling you to trust him and to take a step. And I don't want you to let today's message just go in one ear and out the other. And I pray that it reveals areas of growth in your life, just as it has in my own. God is not looking for you to have it all figured out, but he is searching for those who are willing and available. And I want to say two prayers real quick before we close. If you've never made a commitment to become a follower of Jesus Christ, we want to give you a moment right now just to say a prayer. And for you to just be able to just look to the Lord and say, hey, I want to give you all that I am. I want to be a follower. If you would repeat this prayer with me, the church, if you can back me up, can you say, God, I believe what I've heard. Come on, say it loud. God, I believe what I've heard. And I receive the word of God in my life. Let your word continue to work in my life. Let it change me from this day forward. Now say, I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe that he died and rescued me from my sin, that he raised from the dead to give me victory. And I believe today that hope has entered my story and I accept your free gift of salvation. If today's message was for you, I I invite you to pray this out loud. Come on, I want you to say it as loud as you can. Say, God, I'm all in, I'm all yours. With you, Jesus, I can do all things. Help me live a life that is available to you for your glory. Now tell them, say, Holy Spirit, take my pain, take my sorrow in return for your joy and your peace. I am willing and available. Tell them I trust you and I will take a step forward today. In the mighty name of Jesus and the church said, amen. Can we put our hands together? Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God, God is good. God is good. Hey, if you, if you said that first prayer and you're committing your life to Jesus today for the first time, don't leave today without telling somebody. We want to make sure we can help you with your next steps. You guys see our prayer teams up here. If you need prayer, make sure you guys come up and pray with our team. And also, we kick off our 21 days of fasting, as Pastor Mike already said. We have prayer guides available out in the lobby. And uh, we'll be praying here every day, Monday through Friday, from 12 to 12. 45. We can all stand. And I just want to say Happy New Year and get ready because 2024 is going to be the best year yet. How many believe that? Amen. Life Point, we love you and we'll see you next year. God bless you guys. Peace out. We're so happy that you joined us today. If you'd like to grow in your walk with Jesus, stay connected or partner with us through generosity, be sure to visit our website at lifepointchurch.tv. We hope that you have a blessed week and we'll see you next Sunday.